Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by a dear friend, Essentia Fox, who is among so many other things, including craniosacral therapist and craniosacral therapy educator, birth doula, death doula, plant medicine ceremonialist, and ordained priestess. It's the last two that inspired me to bring Essentia on to talk about the capital M masculine and the capital F feminine and how we are doing in terms of rebalancing, alchemizing, coming into right relationship with those things. Alas, the conversation expanded outwards into many other realms. Before we dive into it, I'm reminding you to hit that subscribe button. Well, how about we just click it? No need to get violent with it. To like and to share. As always, the first half of this podcast conversation is free. You can find the second half on both my locals and my Patreon communities where paid subscribers get access to all of my second half podcast conversations. They also are invited to monthly Q&As. There's tons of bonus material. Folks who are paid subscribers get advanced notice of workshops, webinars, live events, um, courses, along with special discounts. So I am encouraging you to support me at one or both. That is patreon.com slash dannycats and dannycats.locals.com as well. Last bit of housekeeping. I'm encouraging you to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. You may or may not know that I have recently taken my power back from big tech by leaving social media. So whereas before I was primarily keeping in touch with folks on Instagram, 
that is no longer the case. And my newsletters are how I'm cultivating, deepening community and staying in touch. So when you go over to dannycats.com and sign up for my newsletter, you will get a free PDF, five quantum languaging hacks for instant empowerment. So it's just win, 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 winning abounds. And with that, buckle up my friends, we're dropping in with plant medicine ceremonialist and high priestess extraordinaire, Ascension Fox. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today, it is my great honor, pleasure, heartwarming joy to be joined by my dear friend, Ascension Fox, who is quite a magical, beautiful, amazing human. Ascension, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. It's been such a long time since you and I've dropped in, even though now we live closer than we ever have. That is just somehow the way, especially in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave the dwelling. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So for just, just to catch us up, like, how have you been? I know for a long time you weren't traveling. Now it seems like you're back to traveling and leading folks in special singing ceremonies. Like, how is it being back in that groove? Um, I, I mean, I'm just taking a, like a, a six, seven week break, but I've been pretty much continually traveling and working with groups well for years, but particularly the past couple of years since we've been in the shift, mm -hmm. um, I have yeah, been actually traveling more than I ever have. Whereas I think more people have traveled less than they ever have. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot. And how is that? How is, I can't even imagine the experience of, of traveling right now, let alone traveling a lot. How, how does that stand up compared to how it, how it used to be? Well, right now it's more normalized okay. where I went through two years of basically being one of five people on an airplane, which was really amazing. And, <laughs> um, and now it's back to how it used to be, which actually just feels overwhelming because I just, I think became so accustomed to being maybe one of 10 people in the airport. And like I said, one of a handful of people on the plane. Yeah. Um, so it's very crowded. That's how it is. <laughs> okay. And what's the vibe like, like what is, you know, how is, how is the human fabric feeling to you? Right now? Like there is this sense of the term I'm using is normalization. There really is you know, there's not, there was a period where there was like an aggro vibe, you know, there was a nervous vibe. Um, and that really wasn't that long ago. I mean, I saw some weird things traveling and, but currently I would just say, you know, it, there's an enthusiasm. There isn't really a nervous anxiousness like there was before. Um, and it just feels crowded. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the primary reasons why I wanted to drop in with you, well, selfishly, mostly because I miss you <laughs> and I miss seeing you. Um, and it came in meditation 
that I really wanted to explore the idea of the divine feminine and what it means beyond this kind of new age psyop of the return of the divine feminine. And you dropped in, my experience of you is, is as a, a very rare embodiment of that capital F feminine without any sort of like artifice or performative theatrics. And I know that you work a lot with like larger meta energies and a lot beyond the veil. So I was just, yeah, I just want to dive into that with you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so what is your... Like, what is your kind of overall assessment of where we're at in terms of that so-called rebalancing? Balancing of like the masculine and the feminine? Yeah. And like where, you know, like kind of like taking the temperature of, of the feminine these days, of the, of the masculine these days in terms of, of larger energetic polarities, not, not necessarily embodied humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I still feel like there is a large imbalance and that imbalance being that, you know, women have, or, you know, the feminine energetic has taken on so much of this posturing of the masculine. Um, and we all know that in the different ways, the women's lib movement. And, you know, it's like, we needed that in order to be able to claim our rights in different ways. Um, but then the swinging to the far side of that is, become so extreme. And I experienced that in my own self in this, you know, like overachieving, overdoing, I can do it. Um, you know, I where I feel like we're at is the feminine really welcoming more support. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like that is the scale that we're at is like, we stretched way over here, you know, to, the feminine embodying the masculine so intensely and now it's like we're beginning to swing back in allowing the feminine to really embody the qualities that are innate within the essence of the feminine um while also you know yeah walking in a balanced way of knowing and having that confidence that yeah sure we can do it all and we know how to do it and have the confidence that we can do everything um but resting having a resting point in receiving support yeah yeah and at what point in your own personal earth walk did you start to become aware of some like overemphasized masculine traits Honestly, only in the last year or two. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And um, would you be willing to would you be willing to unpack that a little bit for us? Um, I mean, it really for me, it really came from with home ownership when I bought my own home. Mm -hmm. And then I became very like overwhelmed and yeah, I became overwhelmed, I would say, because I also started my own business. I'm running my own business. I bought my own house. I'm doing that. Now I'm renovating a house. And it was just, you know, the to-do list and the I can do it became so extreme um, that it was really in that place mm -hmm. of like, oh my God, this is, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so how are you sort of course correcting or, or finding that balance within yourself now with all that you do have on your plate? 
I am still in that process. And it so much of it is about delegation. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I hired an administrative assistant and I attempt to delegate and hire out where appropriate and necessary, even if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing, like what makes the most sense for my output in terms of my energy and how that serves not only myself, but serves everybody around me, whether that's my friends or my family or my beloved or my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just really taking that inventory of input versus output. Mm-hmm. I, I've um, participated in some ceremonies with you, which you've led, which is, have been absolutely beautiful. And I, I'm consistently struck by how you do hold this powerful authoritative presence and in this very unquestionably feminine way has that always come naturally to you is that something that's taken some cultivating I would say it's natural because it wasn't or has not been necessarily like a training Mm -hmm. or was never something that I sought out to do Mm-hmm. Right. So it was never like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do it in this way. So I'm going to find the right mentors and teachers to teach me how to do the thing. Mm-hmm. It really was just a natural evolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. And does any, has there been an element of like feminine mentorship or because I know that part of the path that you walk as far as, as I understand it has been traditionally masculine. And I'm wondering is is the lineage, the lineage from which you're coming more feminine or, cause I, I know that you've, you know, you've studied a lot, you've experienced a lot. Um, and I, I'm just wondering how much of that, you know, your training and, and mentorship has informed how you're showing up. Definitely, definitely. I've been blessed with having women teachers and women mentors and you know, even in my younger years of working, like what I call a job job, you know, I worked for several different women entrepreneurs. Um, But the lineage that I work in, in terms of the ceremonial work, yes, that is a a women's lineage. And so I did have primary women teachers. Mm -hmm. And I will say that there was never any like sit down curriculum. You know, it was all just by transmission. Mm-hmm. And, and my teacher, my teachers have, were exemplatory in the way that they carried themselves in, in the ways that you have explained, you know, um, strong, authoritative, yet feminine, not posturing, um, not putting on a show, um, really just sourcing this authentic force from what I would consider, you know, Pachamama or Mama Gaia herself. Mm-hmm. in that way that nature just is leading by example. Mm-hmm. And I know in this lineage that we're going to continue to speak around, <laughs> um, that one of the, the primary energetics that you work with, in my experience, is very specifically feminine. Um, and I'm wondering, a, a, if that is your experience, and then that how that lines up with, you know, historically it being kind of led and disseminated through more masculine means, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. And isn't that just the way, you know, in terms of feminine power being, you know, captured and utilized 
by the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. um, so that seems to be just one of many examples of how that has happened throughout humanity on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so in some sense, are you part of a revolution, an evolution, a returning back to, to a natural state? Hmm. I guess like an underground revolution mm -hmm. right? where, you know, I'm not really interested in going out um, on a soapbox or really out even in public. Um, it's more so I'm just doing what I'm doing over there in that cave. And if anybody wants to come in and is drawn in by the firelight, then, you know, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in terms of your work behind the veil and working with, with much larger, larger energetics, like, I'm curious to know if A, any of the medicine are speaking to you about the feminine specifically and certain invitations and also from your experience, how you're seeing this shift, if, if you are seeing a shift. Hmm. I'm seeing a shift. You know, I haven't received anything specifically from, you know, my sources behind the veil mm -hmm. about that subject specifically. Um, what I, I, I guess more of what I witness is what I witness peripherally around me through the many different communities that I am involved in. And, you know, I see a strong polarity um, between the old way and the out of balance extreme way. So I see still a lot of women that are in subservience mm -hmm. and living that old way. And then I see a lot of women that are overexerted and not supported and you know, very much on the, the other end of the polarity. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it is, you know, I would say a daily inquiry inside of myself in how to bridge that gap, how to bring it back. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's hard. There's like just this biological element. I was thinking about it this morning where it's like, once women have children, they are dependent. They are dependent that, I mean, and, and yet there is this cultural expectation in a way that you're just supposed to do it all and how are you supposed to do it all how are you supposed to have the kids and run a business and buy a home and run a home and um you know how do you, yeah it's it's a lot and how do we find the balance it is a lot it's been you know from my perspective i feel like that was one of the downsides of second wave feminism is this just because we can do it all doesn't necessarily mean that it's in our best interests to do it all. And I think, I don't know if it was a reaction or, or just aspirational to see women taking on so much. Um, but I do think it's done, just done us a bit of disservice for myself. I can, you know, I definitely consider you know, the masculine traits that I'm still in the process of alchemizing 
um, mm -hmm. as a result of that, that second wave, we can, we can do it all thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100%. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your take on, cause I know that you and I have both danced in quite a lot of spiritual communities in our, in our lives. And, you know, there's this sort of goddessy return of the divine feminine, like lots of chiffon stuff. And like, what is your take on, on that, <laughs> <laughs> that expression? <laughs> um, that's a chapter. I feel like that's a, a particular phase or a chapter um, you know, of women maybe feeling their own suppression of the feminine and costuming, um, you know, in some theater around having play at what that may feel like mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like theater to me, mm -hmm. um, largely. And, you know, and I, I would say I dabbled in that chapter for, you know, for a very small, a very small chapter at some point in my life too. Um, and when I do look at that now, I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. Um, I just don't resonate with it so much. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels like a chapter. Yeah. And um, what is your take on this current kind of like kill all men, smash the patriarchy, like this new iteration of like neo-feminism? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all <laughs> mm -hmm. um no we all need each other and you know i love men she says i love women i love humans mm -hmm. um and sometimes i don't but <laughs> i bless you for saying that <laughs> <laughs> not just me um, <laughs> yeah but i'm definitely not like gender focus in my um dissatisfaction with humanity yeah um, truly and you know the older that i get and the more that i'm trying to find my own balance in not doing it all you know i really desire and appreciate the essence of masculinity um so no please don't kill all the men um <laughs> I don't want to do all the man things in addition to having to do all the woman things. Um, and I, you know, I would say I really got into being comfortable with what we would call gender roles or that appreciation when I did a whole chapter of living off grid mm -hmm. with my previous partner. And I was even more so at that time, I can do it all. And at the end of the day in that lifestyle, I was happy to cook a meal by the wood stove while he chopped the wood. And um, that was good for me, even though I can chop wood and sometimes I enjoy it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, we're all trying to figure this out, you know, in terms of as humans, how to come into balance with each other. And, you know, yeah, in no way do I feel like exiling all the men onto some other planet or some other hell realm is a positive or practical solution. Yeah. And do you see, and I, again, I'm not, if I'm, if I'm projecting sort of like extra dimensional visions on you that aren't appropriate, please let me know. But I'm just curious from your vantage point and the very unique way in which you work with people, like how you see these past few, like post me two years 
affecting the men. Wait, the post, okay. The post me too of the like, don't oh, say anything and be ashamed of being born with a penis. And like, are, are you seeing in your work a sort of larger psycho-emotional or even energetic effect on men in the face of that? Yes, men are distressed. Um, I've actually, in the past year, past two years, have been requested to lead um, men's retreats, which is really fascinating to me. For most of my life, my work was like 90% women. Not because I tried to make it that way. I think women were just attracted to me or just attracted to the energetic of my offerings. Mm -hmm. And then in the last few years, especially in the last two years, there was this dramatic shift and the draw towards my work became 40%, 50%, and then about 60% men. And right now it's, it's, it's like 50, 50. And I've been doing these men's retreats the past couple of years, wow. which at first I'm just like, okay. Um, but you know, I have to remember too, like I was a birth doula for a long time, um, working in the death field. Like people ask me to marry them all the time. I'm not married, never been married. I don't, I've never had my own kids. I've also never died. So, you know, I just have to remember that, you know, it's okay to answer people's requests if they want me to sit with them in the trenches. And I'm happy to sit with people in the trenches. And that's, you know, generally the essence of what I do in the trenches of initiation, of self-inquiry, exploration, mm -hmm. transformation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I see that men are distressed and men are also going through a deep transformative process of being able to get in touch with their emotions in a new way. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is part of like, you know, the feminine swinging back from their extra masculine posturing and the men are also swinging back from their extra masculine posturing mm -hmm. um, towards this midpoint, which is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, as much as many women feel like they just really want to hate on the men right now, um, you know, I feel like being available actually for their process of being able to unveil and get in touch with their deeper emotional connection is healing for everybody. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and not in a savior way, not in a way of like, oh, we're just going to save the men because that's what we've always done and we'll always do. And we're just the mothers and, and just like on a human to human level. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of deep wounding and conditioning there. I mean, imagine never crying your whole life. Can you even imagine? The, like the fucking fire hose that is like clenched like this and it's just all there waiting to like come out in some way um so sitting with men who have never cried before you know it's it's amazing wow so yeah would you talk a little bit more about what it's like leading these men's ceremonies as compared to the other ones like I, i'm i'm so curious um, yeah, I mean, the difference, the difference that I orchestrate just in the way that I work is say in my other retreats that are co-ed or just women, you know, I'll engage and, um, socialize with people and be a part of the whole thing. And with these, you know, I don't engage with them outside of the work. Mm -hmm. 
just because it's an interesting dynamic, right? Like in a room full of men, there's a certain energetic and one woman can enter the room and it will change everything. And it's the same with a group of women and one man can enter the room and it will change everything. There's just a biological reaction that occurs. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of like a clock in clock out type thing. Like I really, you know, come in, do the work with them and um, yeah, don't have meal times. Don't, don't really engage. Um, but really, but I'll, you know, witness and view them. And then in the off times where they're doing their own like integration work, together and what I learned is that they are so like women and I think we have this this and I know it will depend of course like we can't just generalize men are like this but at least in the groups that I'm working with you know I because I'll watch them from afar like get up in the morning and make tea and you know sit together by the fire and and conversate or you know process and um you know but it's like you know the container that I'm holding and the you know, the certain what I'll call curriculum that I work with them, it's like, okay, you know, I unleash that on them and then they get to work further with that with themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really like, I'm just prompting mm -hmm. them and they are feeling more comfortable with that for whatever reason inside of themselves as having a woman or the divine mother, you know, whatever the archetype is for them to be the prompt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is part of you not engaging um, the way you would in, in mixed or even women's, is that your choice to, to have a boundary to keep it super clean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And because I just, I understand group energetics and group dynamics because I work with so many groups mm -hmm. and just, just the tiny subtleties of how women posture around men and how men posture around women. Mm -hmm. And it's unconscious, um, mm -hmm. like truly, I think it comes from a biological functioning mm -hmm. because we have that, you know, that's part of our, our primal wiring Yeah, is that, you know, even if we don't think we are in some level on a primal level, we're just looking to like, you know, couple and procreate and look or be or feel, you know, a certain way. Mm -hmm. So just trying to extract that piece because it is so unusual yeah. for a woman to be leading a men's circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm curious, like this just popped in, but how much do you think the trauma of circumcision is contributing to what men are now being called to heal? I've always had a deep interest in that from my years of working as a birth doula in the birth field, um, I've read a lot of studies on it. Um, you know, I am heavily against circumcision. I'm heavily against just genital mutilation of humans, mm -hmm. um, whether that's babies or adults. Um, you know, I think that that is just a very intense, dark ritual. Um, and the psychological effects that that will have on a human are paramount. It cannot be, it cannot not be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you come into this world and the first thing they do is mutilate your dick. Your most sensitive, the most sensitive part of your body. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a level of insanity. You know, I feel like I, I don't um, it's very, very intense that it is a culturally accepted ritual. Mm -hmm. And then you just give it a cute word 
So no one really thinks about what it is. Right. Right. Instead of calling it what it is. Right. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that does have, that plays largely into men's psychology in many different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it also plays into a factor of sexual violence and rape mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you're seeing come up in these men? Like, are any of them consciously bringing that forth in ceremonies? I have seen that. Yep. Yep. I have seen that. And, you know, that's a delicate conversation because you don't want to initiate shame right. around it. Right. And that's, and that's a piece that can come up too. Like they had no choice. Um, yeah, but I have been, I've taken part in a lot of circumcision conversations and more so in my early years as a birth doula. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Saved a lot of, saved a lot of baby boys from being circumcised. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know, I wrote about this um, in a book that I wrote back in 2011. And um, this was like, you know, one of the pieces of it was just dealing with the, the fundamental breakdown between men and masculine and feminine and what those of us in the like Pluto and Libra generation were healing. And the, the editor I was working with was like, you have to take this out. And I was like, why? You know, and we like pushed it. I pushed it and it was because she had circumcised her son. Um, and that just put, put the kibosh on, on the whole topic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No one wants to talk about that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like, what is your take now on all this gender conversation that like, it's a social construct and there's no such thing as a man or a woman, like, through the work that you're doing, how does that, how does that narrative line up? You know, I, I haven't received specific information about that subject also from my liminal sources. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do have my own feelings around it. Um, I have a hard time understanding it. Mm -hmm. um, I, a question that I have is, is this a situation or a conversation that is also happening in underdeveloped countries and underdeveloped communities and in tribal communities? Or is this something that is specific to privileged Western culture that doesn't have enough problems that they need to create problems? Um, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's a thing, but that's where I go in my mind. I'm like, is this going on in other places in the world? And is it because, I mean, of people that are living in war-torn places or literally don't have food, I just can't imagine that they even have the time to be able to contemplate these things. Yeah. Is it, so that, 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 I don't know, that's where it goes with me. And, that, and I, that's many subjects as well. Is like, is it that we just don't have enough conflict that we need to create? Yeah, conflict inside of ourselves and culturally and socially. I think it's a really valid point. Are there are there when you said this applies to other subjects? Are are any other ones popping to mind? I just think it's it's such a helpful reframe to just get us to consider. Sure. Um, what would be some other ones? I don't know right in this moment, but you know the the constructs that we create in our mind to make us feel like we're suffering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it before, but I was just like, are people in Bangladesh cutting? Like, is that, is that a thing? Sure. Sure. <laughs> or maybe let's say like, um, and, and not that I'm completely against plastic surgery, but you know, unhappy with how we look or maybe not having enough and needing to modify our reality in such an intense way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's when you bring this up, that that is a question I always am curious about is, is this going on globally? Or is this really, or is this a Western thing? Right. Yeah. I think it's a really good point. I think it's a really good framework. Mm -hmm. Because that would help me understand, is this something we're moving through globally, humanity, right? Because we do know that what is it like the hundredth monkey syndrome or something, right? Yeah. When we come up with something and just boom, 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 boom. And then, okay, we're all doing it and being it and feeling it and thinking it around the planet. Yeah. So I, I would like to know if, if this is a global thing or really this is just centered right here. That would help me um, a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have. And I also think in terms of, you know, just, the sort of divine feminine theatrics that we mentioned in our own community is how much of of this feminine has been fetishized in our culture, mm -hmm. you know, because we, we've all, we've all been immersed in it, you know, um, and seeing these billboards and these, you know, signs of quote unquote femininity, fake eyelashes, push up bras. And it's like, well, is that woman or is it you know, a legit connection to moon cycles or, you know, and, and I don't know the answer, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I have so many questions about it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I imagine that every culture has its own frame and lens on what femininity is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since the crazy thing happened <laughs> in our culture, I'm curious to know like what information you're, you are getting from the liminal as far as what the hell is happening with humanity. And is this, is this an evolution? Is this an upgrade? Are we shifting into a different dimensional consciousness? Like, do you, from your vantage point, what the hell is going on? Right now, I don't know. It feels like such chaos. Um. I feel like the snow globe is being shaken mm -hmm. and, you know, at some point it will land and that it's not necessarily required that we understand like what exactly is happening. You know, and I think that is such a component of suffering in the human psychology is wanting to know, to know, to know. And, you know, and it can be one of our greatest, greatest assets and it can be one of our greatest downfalls because mm -hmm. it helps us evolve and it also really can drive us crazy um and I feel like I've gone through different like phases in this mm -hmm. since the thing happened um you know part of me wonders because there's different creation and destruction stories right by indigenous cultures and particularly those in the Americas, um, like here in North America and Mexico, where there were certain disasters among humanity that, that wiped civilizations 
out, mm -hmm. flood, famine, um, fire. There's like four of them and that they say that we're moving into the fifth world, which will bring like, a fifth disaster. And so I just wonder if this one is um, illness in some way to thin out population or humanity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm right now experiencing and calling this like the era of illness. And I went through two years of this first, the first two years of this, um, not getting sick or really, you know, feeling any effect of what we're going through. And then I've been getting sick and not necessarily with the thing, but just like it's, it's been real. And I noticed a lot of people around me too, just like compromised immune situations. Um, so I'm just in the deep reflection of, of what that is. And a part of it actually does feel like slowing down, mm -hmm. slowing down from this over productivity, this kind of sort of this circles back to right. The over-masculine, overachieving, overproduction form that we've been moving in and, you know, living in the age of technology has just increased that intensely to a level of, you know, what we could consider, could consider mental illness. Thank you so much for tuning in to this first half of my conversation with Ascensia Fox, plant medicine ceremonialist, high priestess, Libra, and wise woman extraordinaire. You can find the second half of our conversation and all of my podcast conversations either on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com, or on my Patreon, patreon.com slash dannycats. Before you navigate over to pick up the second half of our conversation, which might actually be my favorite half. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Be sure to like and to share. Be sure to remember that you are omniscopic amazingness. Thanks for tuning in, tribe. I'll see you over on the other platforms. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum linking work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.